as we engage in this practice of embodied wakefulness, in this willingness to come back again and again to where we are, to meet our experience as it unfolds. We initially simplify the field of experience that we're directing our attention to as a way of allowing and supporting a steadying of this capacity for attention. And we use the body, the posture of the body, the movement of the body, and sitting the bodily breathing experience as a field to rest our attention in, to return our attention to when we find ourselves lost, confused, disconnected, or entangled in reactivity. And as we practice in this way over time, we start to find our capacity to connect and to sustain our attention in the way we choose, begins to grow, begins to develop. And as anything that we practice, it takes time and patience and a willingness to begin again and again. And we can, I think, appropriately honour those moments where we realise that we're here without trying to take hold of them or imagine they somehow mean we've finished our work. And yet not to hold back from acknowledging and honouring the way in which our practice does begin to change and deepen. Even if it might seem to be only in a very small degree, this is not insignificant. Because as we practice, we become more aware of how unawake we are much of the time. How easily and often we are lost or caught in reactivity. And there's something perhaps humbling, perhaps sobering in this. But to acknowledge it with a kindliness in regard to ourselves. We didn't choose the condition we find ourselves in. Practice offers us the opportunity, to a certain degree at least, to choose how we respond to it. And that includes how we respond to our mind. And so important to bring kindness to this place where we might notice the urge and the urgency that captures us. To notice the way we start to tell stories about our meditation and become lost in them. In the beginning, we tell stories about the world and get lost in that. And then we start maybe to tell stories about something a bit closer to where we are. So common to hear practitioners report after a few days of meditation 
that one almost is surprised to discover oneself fully present and like, huh, I'm here amazing and then the thought arises I think I've got it, I've figured it out I can do it now, great and actually it's really quite wonderful and they were right all those people who said this was something to do yeah, maybe I'll do some more we start thinking about booking into a longer retreat or maybe we imagine going to Asia and taking robes as a nun or a monk ordaining, living in a cave practicing we just imagine the sort of the light starting to glow out the entrance of the cave people coming and bringing food and wanting to hear from us And then at some point we realise we've constructed a fantasy built on a few moments of presence and connection. We project into the future. We tell a story about who I am. What I've become. And then we get lost in it. And in the seeing of that, of course, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm completely hopeless. A moment ago I was a great meditator, but now I'm just completely hopeless. I can't do this. I just get lost, get attached. I might as well give up. I might as well go home. There's no point doing this anymore. I'm out of here. And we swing again. We've simply projected that few moments of getting lost into now this is my permanent condition. And this defines my future, just as we may have done with the previous. To notice how we keep doing that. Creating a sense of me and a future for me based on what's happening right now or what might have happened in the past. The invitation here is just to notice when that happens and without judging the process or ourself for being at times drawn into it, just putting it down. It's like, I don't know what the next moment will be or where this journey will take me but I can know where I am right now to turn towards this again and again and again. And as we begin to settle more, to steady more, and it does happen, slowly, organically, like something we've planted, it takes time to germinate, to sprout, to begin to grow, A lot of the work takes place under the level of the soil to begin with. We can't see any results. But then something appears, little green shoots. Like, oh, yeah. We can care for them gently. Attention is like light and kindness is like water. And with light and water... Living things grow in the soil, in the earth, in the ground. And so too in our hearts and minds and bodies. So we continue to cultivate this intention to be just here where we are. To notice and let go of those movements that would take us elsewhere. Whenever we are able to see them. 
just putting them down. And we can also, as the attention begins to steady, notice a little more clearly what else is taking place. We can consciously include more fully the other experiences and can be particularly helpful to notice sounds just to take a moment when a sound arises and listen. Not needing to too quickly rush back to the body or the breathing or the feet if one is standing or walking. Just notice how sounds arise. Stay for a little while and then fade away into the silence. Just as the breath comes into the body, stays a little while and then is released. All experiences share this character to arise for a little while, dependent upon conditions that support them, and then to change, to pass away. Becoming familiar, becoming comfortable with how this is, is a natural possibility born of attending to our experience and the way we are being invited to do so. And we can still be touched by an experience that is transitory, that is temporary. Not to hold back from that contact, that intimacy with what's happening because we know it isn't forever. Perhaps even more important, because it is just for now. This is the moment we have to give ourselves to meeting it. And in the process of meeting our experience, we can also usefully begin to recognize and clearly acknowledge for ourselves another aspect of each experience that the Buddha spoke of. And the the first framework he invited and encouraged for attention is the body. And then the second framework he suggested and encouraged for attention is the, the realm of what we call the pleasant and unpleasant and neutral aspect of experience. Vedana was the word the Buddha used, and sometimes it's translated as feeling time. But actually more precise would be the term hedonic tone, like degree of pleasure, or non-pleasurableness associated with an experience. And the Buddha invited us to just to look and see, to notice that each experience we have, every sound, every sensation, every breath, every thought, every feeling, every image, has associated with it a quality that we find either pleasurable, and we know it's pleasurable because we like it, and we'd like some more of it. Or it's unpleasant, and we know it's unpleasant because we don't like it, and we'd really rather it went away. 
Or it's neither of these two, it's neutral, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And you can see that it's either the one or the other, and if it's not one of those, then it's the the third. It's either pleasant, not pleasant, or neither. All experiences are like this. And if we don't notice this, if we're not aware of this, what mostly happens when we're not conscious of what's going on is that we react against that pleasant or unpleasant element. If it's pleasant, we react by trying to take hold of, to keep, to reproduce. We become engaged in thinking about how we got the experience, how we can keep it, how we can replicate it in the future. So much of our time is spent in this way. If it's unpleasant, we mostly try to figure out what's causing it so we can fix it and get rid of it and stop it and try and prevent it from ever happening again. And we spend a lot of time lost in this particular activity in the mind. So we see that the tendency to be lost in either craving or aversion is conditioned by the pleasant and unpleasant element of each experience. And what's interesting here is, of course, that many experiences are neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And because of this, we might describe them as insignificant or boring. What happens with the neutral experiences, we tend to ignore them, because they're not doing something to us, and they're not doing something for us. So why should I be interested in this? We don't have that thought literally, but that's the effect. And so we disconnect. And in that disconnection, we find ourselves then looking for something, either something good to hang on to, or a problem to solve. And this is the story of our minds. So becoming aware of the neutral also is really important. And the Buddha said something that I've always found remarkable with regard to this that the neutral experience, when we don't pay attention to it, it becomes unpleasant. Interesting. It's like the breath. It's sort of neutral. It's not, much, it's not that exciting, sometimes it seems. We stop paying unpleasant. We stop really connecting. And then the sense of, I've got to watch my breath, it becomes, ah, oh, boring. Boring is actually unpleasant, isn't it? We don't like boring. Most people don't. And the Buddha went on to say, the neutral experience, when we pay attention to it, or the neither pleasant nor unpleasant experience, when we pay attention to it, it starts to become pleasurable. Fascinating. Have you noticed that in any way? Again, with the breath, or just a footstep. At first it's like, taking a step, boring. And then, oh wow, if I really pay attention, it's full of life. And there's something delightful about that. And the experience hasn't changed. But what's changed is we're connecting with it. And this is something really significant. When something is pleasurable, initially we just connect with it, and we really enjoy that. And then we get busy with trying to figure out how to keep it. And that's not so pleasurable at all. That's actually painful. But that initial movement 
a large part of what we get from what we find pleasurable, desirable, enjoyable is that we naturally are inclined to connect with it. And it's that connection that is the deeper nourishment, fulfilment and well-being that we get from the experience. With the difficult, the negative or the neutral experience, sorry, the difficult or the negative or the painful experience, we disconnect. And it's the disconnection that is actually more painful to us than whatever was painful in the first place. So if we connect with it, it doesn't have that power. And, and it's like the sense of disconnection is so closely laminated to the sense of unpleasantness that we assume them to be the same, but they're not. Of course, disconnection as an experience is also unpleasant. But that's different than the unpleasantness of some pain in my body that I kind of withdraw from. And none of this is to suggest that we don't need to be careful and respectful in dealing with what is difficult and uncomfortable, whether physical or emotional territories that we encounter. Sometimes we need to give them space. Sometimes we need to be really gentle and make an adjustment to support. And that's okay. But to do so from a place of staying connected with, rather than rejecting or disconnecting from the experience. And often that's done most usefully by giving space, by opening the attention, by including something more than just what is afflicted or impacted. And so noticing when we can, at moments, that element of what we call hedonic tone, feeling tone, the pleasurable or non-pleasurable or neither quality and experience. If we can notice this, this actually is a place to give attention because this then allows us not to be carried away by the reactivity not to be lost in the stories and the trains of thought around what we're either grasping towards or pushing away. And again, that doesn't mean we don't in our lives still have the opportunity and, of course, the need to take action at certain times to support what is wholesome or to address what is harmful, but done from a very different place of connection and understanding our inner relationship to what is happening. That allows us to stay connected even in the midst of what is profoundly enticing or deeply distressing. And equally what is just kind of neutral and at one level not so interesting. but which we might start to find nonetheless offers us, as each moment does, an opportunity to connect. And in that connection, in that not holding ourselves separate from that which we find ourselves in touch with, (coughs) many things become possible.
So settling consciously into your body as we engage in this practice, taking a few moments again to just acknowledge the earth beneath you, the firmness under your body upon which you can rest and which supports you. And likewise acknowledging the space around and above your body. The sky above that invites us to be upright. To extend from our ground into the the sense of what is possible for us that we may not yet fully know but we intuit is more than what we have so far discovered and understood. Relaxing around that upright quality. So far as you can, so far as you can, inviting a sense of ease together with this alertness of intentionality. And continuing to offer your attention to the simple experience of your body sitting right here. Breathing in and breathing out just as it does. Noticing the other moments of experience that come to you. The sounds and the sensations elsewhere in your body, just giving attention to them. When thoughts and feelings or emotional processes arise that may have some charge or pull to them, just acknowledging and perhaps noticing if there's an element of pleasant or unpleasant involved, which is often the case some degree of wishing for or against a certain outcome. And coming into your body to notice what that feels like. Seeing if there's something pleasurable, if we can just let it be. If there's something uncomfortable, Can we just let it be? Neither pursuing nor picking up. Not taking hold of. Nor pushing away any experience that comes. Moment by moment. Breath by breath.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.